This is episode number 177 with aspiring data scientist Zach Lurcher. Welcome to the Super Data Science Podcast. My name is Kirill Eremenko, data science coach and lifestyle entrepreneur. And each week we bring you inspiring people and ideas to help you build your successful career in data science. Thanks for being here today. And now let's make the complex simple. Welcome back to the Super Data Science Podcast, ladies and gentlemen. Super excited to have you on board. And today we had quite an interesting episode with an interesting guest, Zach Lurcher. So Zach is an aspiring data scientist who has made huge progress in terms of building his own career and building his online presence in the space of data science. And interestingly enough, the way I actually found out about Zach was through a a blog post that he made with a list of data science mentors to connect with, to follow. And I was so inspired by that idea. I thought it was a great idea and a great way to help others that I had to invite Zach onto the show and find out about how he actually thinks uh, of data science, of the community, and of um, building building your presence here and also playing your part, your role in helping others. And so that's what we talked about quite a lot on this podcast, and you'll get some very valuable insights in how you can better help the data science community and build your own online portfolio. Uh, Also, we talked about his thoughts on data science education. And in this podcast, we actually flipped it around, and Zach asked me a couple of questions, which I was totally not expecting. And, uh, and I got to answer a few questions on the show as well. So you'll get to know a few of my thoughts in, on, especially on the um, situation with data science education, with universities, with online courses, and things like that. So all in all, quite a fun episode, a bit of a different style this time. I hope you enjoy it. And I can't wait for you to get straight into it. Without further ado, I bring to you Zach Lurcher, an aspiring data scientist. Welcome back to the Super Data Science Podcast, ladies and gentlemen. And today I've got a very exciting guest on the show, Zach Lurcher. Zach, welcome to the show. How are you going today? Doing really well. I'm excited to be here. Excited to have you here. So tell us, where is your surname from? It is from Germany, Swiss Germany. Swiss Germany. I was in uh, Switzerland in the Swiss German part for a whole month in March, I think, this year. Uh, very nice place, actually. Very everybody. Um, it's very neat and very clean. Have you been back since? I haven't. I've never been there, so you you know more about it than I do. <laughs> oh, I think you will love it when you go. <laughs> yeah. Um, well, uh, Zach. I first of all, I wanted to say a huge thank you. So the reason why I reached out to invite you to the show is because I saw a list that you put together and somebody else um, represented in uh, image format, which mm-hmm. is a list of top mentors in data science. And I was very humbled to see myself on the list. And that was very exciting for me. But that's not the reason, of course, why, why uh, it's not all because just because of me. But the thing is, I found it very 
um, inspiring that you went through the trouble of actually putting together a list of mentors and data science people who you can learn from and who inspire you to grow in this space. So mm -hmm. thank you so much for putting that together and for sharing it with all the data, aspiring data scientists. And today I just wanted to talk more about that and your journey in data science. How does that sound to you? That sounds awesome. All right. Well, tell us uh, a bit about yourself. Where, where do you live and what are you currently doing in your life? So currently I live in Idaho, in Rexburg. Not many people know about this place, but it exists. Mm -hmm. <laughs> I'm going to BYU-Idaho, pursuing a degree in business analytics. And I'm about to graduate in a few weeks. Um, and yeah, I'm really excited about data science. I've, I've been studying it since I uh, did my internship uh, down in Utah. Mm-hmm. And I was working for their business intelligence team, and I found this really cool tool called Tableau. Mm -hmm. And uh, that was just really, really cool to me. And then I was also having to learn how to uh, program with Python because we're doing a lot of data transformation. And I was, I was going through one of those you know long days of going through tutorials and trying to finally find what you actually are looking for. And I stumbled on Kaggle, and I was like, oh, this is cool. What are these people doing? Yeah. And uh, that's how I discovered machine learning and data science. And since then, it's just been kind of a, a really fun ride. So that's a little bit about me and my stage in life. Uh, yeah. Fantastic. And so you're doing a bachelor's in uh, business analytics? Yeah. Mm -hmm. Okay, cool. Is it a four-year bachelor? Uh-huh. And what is the university? BYU-Idaho. Oh, okay, okay. Did, mm -hmm. did, I didn't catch that. Okay, cool. Um, very, I was uh, surprised to learn that it's a very apt degree for getting to the profession of data science. You don't uh, hear many degrees in business analytics. Is that, uh, is that a recent degree that they've come up with or has it been around for a while? Yeah, it's been, well, it's been here for a few years. Mm -hmm. They actually just created a data science degree, but I'm already so far into it. I'm like, well, I'll just finish with business analytics and, uh, yeah. pick up all the other stuff along the way. Might as well, might as well. Um, okay, cool. And so why did you get into business analytics in the first place? Because that was, what, four years ago? Is it mm -hmm. because of what you heard about data science and what's going on in the world, or was there another reason? So actually, my dad, he works in business intelligence. He does a lot of uh, data warehousing, and he started in reporting, and I was like, you know, this, this looks kind of interesting to me. I know there's high demand for it. And I didn't actually really know about data science uh, when I started out on this degree. I was like, you know, I'll just go along this this kind of path that my dad has gone along. Mm -hmm. And so it wasn't until really my internship when I really discovered data science and what it is. And uh, I found out, you know, hey, like business analytics actually kind of fits into this a little bit. Yep. And uh, it, it just was a really happy accident, to be honest. <laughs> yeah, yeah. That's, that's pretty cool. Okay. Uh, and so you're on this... Um... Journey, but tell me this. So many people who are studying are just happy studying, and yet you go above and beyond to actually uh, find online courses. Like you mentioned before the podcast, you, I think you did one of uh, our courses, or at least at least a couple of courses already. Um, mm -hmm. Then you know you're finding resources and you're putting like a list of uh, mentors together who inspire you in data science like what what pushes you to do that why did you decide to go that extra mile um knowing that 
I think it's mostly been knowing that LinkedIn is such a powerful networking tool. Mm-hmm. Uh, and I've been really trying to push for a stronger network mm-hmm. uh, as I'm approaching graduation, you know. Mm-hmm. And so that was really uh, the first place I went to because for a very long time, you know, for, I don't know, four or five months, I would just look at LinkedIn and look at what other data scientists were saying and just kind of follow them and say, oh, that's cool. You know, that's what they're doing. But I I wasn't really posting anything. Mm -hmm. And I noticed that, you know, a lot of people on LinkedIn talked about, you know, it's it's such a great networking tool. It brings people together. It helps you find a job. Uh, And I was like, you know, I'm going to try this out. And and I'm ready to contribute. You know, I've been I've been looking at this for a while. I've been studying it for a while, and I want to contribute. I want to make a difference. Mm-hmm. And so that's really what prompted me to put it together. And um, I remember when I when I was just starting out data science, someone else had posted a list of mm-hmm. a bunch of data scientists I should follow, and that's when I really started learning about it. So I was like, you know, let's let's pay it forward a little bit. And I had no idea that that post would be so popular. Mm-hmm. <laughs> um, but it was really exciting. It, it was really cool. And, and that's really my motivation. And and one of the best parts about it is getting messages from people just, you know, thanking me. And I've heard other people say the same thing because um, I, I haven't done too much, but just thanking me for contributing what I have, mm-hmm. saying, hey, you helped me with this. And that's just one of the most satisfying parts about it all. Yeah. So, yeah. yeah. Good. Uh, you, you actually helped me as well, you know, not, apart from finding you to invite to this podcast. When I went through your, like the way I found your list, I think Ben Taylor, uh-huh. <laughs> you know, Ben yeah. Taylor, right? Uh-huh. So he recommended me to look at your list for uh-huh. guests to invite to Data Science Go 2018. And oh, cool. yeah, and I was going through your list. I was like, oh, I haven't met this person. I haven't met this person. And I just like <laughs> went like through every single one and invited uh-huh. everyone to connect on LinkedIn. So it was a great opportunity for me to uh, connect with the top influencers in the field of data science. So thank you. Like, yeah. it really helped me out as well. Yeah, you're welcome. In fact, we're probably going to share this on uh, the show notes for this episode. So for our listeners, I highly recommend going to check it out and then just connecting with every one of those influencers there and following them and uh, learning from, from them just as uh, Zach did and, and I'm learning and others are learning as well. So yeah, that can be good addition to people's LinkedIn networks. Um, tell tell us a bit about, uh, if you don't mind, how how have you since you made that decision that you want to build this network and you want to contribute back to the community? How have you felt the impact? Have have more people? You know, you mentioned that people have said thank you, but has anything else happened for you in this uh, in this period of time? Um. I've, I feel like by posting, you kind of develop these, I don't know, they're not like, you know, real life relationships, but there are certain people who will always comment mm-hmm. and, and you, you develop these kind of friendships almost, you know, on LinkedIn, mm-hmm. which is, which is awesome. Uh, but also if you think about LinkedIn and, and the platform and what it's designed to do, it's designed to keep you on the site, you know, mm-hmm. as long as possible. They, they get their revenue through ads or through hooking you up with a company or someone else. So if, if you have a lot of posts and, and you're putting a lot of content out there uh, that people are enjoying and engaging with, when a recruiter searches for you, it will boost you, you know, in their, in their search results mm-hmm. because, you know, they want recruiters to find people who are active on the site so that the recruiters will stay on the site longer. At least that's my theory. 
Um, and that's, that's basically what happened for me is as I was posting more and, uh, engaging more with the community, I was getting contacted by a lot more recruiters. Mm -hmm. Uh, and it wasn't, it really wasn't until I started posting so much that that happened. And so that was just kind of an unseen benefit for me. Um, and one of the best ones Mm -hmm. for me, because it's led to a lot of opportunities and a, a lot of, uh, connections. So, yeah, yeah, that's, um, definitely what LinkedIn is all about and putting yourself out there and building your brand and uh, mm-hmm. portfolio and helping others is going to get a lot of, of attention going your way. So yeah, mm-hmm. that's that's a good start. You're definitely on, on the right track with your career. You haven't even graduated yet and you already uh, build up this portfolio. How does that make you feel? <laughs> uh, just really excited to, to continue to engage with the community. Um, yeah. I, I just feel really privileged and, and blessed to have that opportunity that there, there's a good, you know, group of people that see my posts. That's, that's exciting for me because I get to share my journey with other people and hopefully inspire other people who, uh, come from a similar background or maybe are just beginning mm-hmm. and maybe share some encouragement or motivation, share some of my discouragement to help them feel encouraged, you know, because yeah. it's, it's a hard journey, yeah. uh, for everyone. And, uh, that, that's the exciting part for me. Mm-hmm. Gotcha. Um, how much time on average do you think you spend per day on LinkedIn? Um, too much time. <laughs> <laughs> uh, probably, probably an hour, maybe an hour and a half. An hour and a half. Uh, and it, and it depends on the day, mm. uh, just how busy I am, but yeah, pr- probably around there. Does it feel like work to you or does it feel more like, um, you're having fun? Um, when I'm posting, it feels more like. I don't know. I, I put a lot of thought into it. It, mm-hmm. it takes a lot more thought than when you're just scrolling, right? Yeah, yeah. <laughs> um, but no, it's it's really exciting because mm-hmm. you know I, I've been following a lot of these people for a long time, and you get to see their journey as well. Mm-hmm. And um, you also discover a lot of uh, new trends in the field, new things that people are discovering, new cool projects that someone else did. Um, I'm always seeing these cool new innovations that people have created with technology or deep learning things like that and uh that's really exciting for me too mm-hmm. who's your uh who would you say is your favorite data scientist to follow on linkedin <laughs> my favorite to follow mm-hmm. um i think about this for a second i see you have um commented on quite a few posts by randy lau recently would you, yes yes would you say randy yeah. might be that candidate yeah he's probably one of my favorites he's He's always posting something really positive and motivational and yeah. also posts these uh, awesome lists of resources. Mm. Um, and, you know, if, if someone else is asking me for help, I usually just like send him one of those lists of resources because yeah. they're so awesome. Yeah. Yeah. Oh, okay. That's, that's really cool. Um, all right. That's, uh, that's uh, a great way of... Um, getting getting these uh this knowledge you know by following the people that are at the like at the top of uh data science or the cutting edge of data science and like they're trying to break it down into simple and complex terms and then you can just like learn from them and uh, see what resources they use so you you get ahead of the game you kind of like skip all that searching that they are doing and uh, they save you a bit of time that way i guess Mm -hmm. that's really cool um, and what about your future career? So you're graduating in a couple of weeks. That's, mm-hmm. that's very exciting. And congrats on that. Where, Thank you. Where do you think you're going to go from there? Like, have you already 
line up a job or is there an industry that you're interested in? Yeah, actually, I, I have. I don't know if I'm supposed to keep it on the down low or not. I'm not sure. Yeah, um, well, but, that's yeah. The, probably <laughs> keep keep uh, stay on the safe side. But like, uh -huh. uh, maybe just all right. Congratulations if you've lined up a job. That's fantastic. <laughs> uh -huh. um, but yeah, so uh, tell us, like, okay, once you have a job, are you going to continue learning? What kind of um, data science are you going to continue learning? In what uh, in what area are you going to direct your education? Yeah, I'm really fascinated by the the healthcare industry actually, and a lot of the innovations that are happening there. Mm. Uh, because uh, one of the projects that I did, there's a there's a really cool data set on Kaggle mm -hmm. uh, about breast cancer, and it was it was one of the first. It actually was the first data set that I ran um, mm -hmm. a logistic regression on, mm -hmm. and it was really fascinating to be able to see. You know, I can get. 95% accuracy of predicting breast cancer, something that, you know, nobody likes and mm -hmm. something that everyone's researching to try to get rid of. Like you can use and harness the power of machine learning mm -hmm. to help with this issue. And so that's the field that I'm, I'm hoping to end up in really um, is in that field of using machine learning within healthcare. Mm -hmm. uh, because the traditional healthcare system has just been, you know, you go in, you see a doctor, someone who's been to school for several years, and they're very wise, they're very practiced, but there's there's no way that you could ever harness all the data, you know, that, that a medical professional sees in one day without using data scientists. And that just makes me so excited. Mm -hmm. um, I saw a video the other day of, I don't remember where it was, uh, but they were using deep learning to spot cancer cells in real time you know, draw a little circle around it through a microscope in real time. Wow. And it was all based off of this, you know, these deep learning algorithms that they had run on these on these images. And it's just it's fascinating to me. So that's where I really want to end up is the, the healthcare industry, because I think there's so much potential there and uh, a lot of potential to do good as well. Mm. No, that's a very noble cause. Uh, have you heard of the conference called HIMSS? Huh. It's spelled H-I-M-S-S. Mm -hmm. um, and I just recently found out about it myself just like a, a few days ago. Um, I think the, this one is, hold, is held in February. Um, uh -huh. And it's massive. It's like 40,000 people attend. And it's all about healthcare and technology, you know, the intersection. And it's not all just data science, but there is a... Uh, I haven't been to it, but I, I heard about it from a data science podcast. So... Uh, I'm, uh -huh. I'm assuming a large portion of it is dedicated to data science. Well, why I'm, why I'm mentioning this is because, first of all, it stands to show that this is a very um, rapidly growing industry or intersection of industries, healthcare and data. Uh -huh. And also, you know, maybe you and others who are interested in uh, healthcare uh, can check it out. It's uh, himsconference.org. Uh, um, yeah, might, might be a good thing to attend, maybe. Yeah, absolutely. I'm definitely looking to this. Mm -hmm. Okay, and so, but why? Like, I understand it's a noble uh, cause to uh, help people with healthcare and apply data science in that area. Uh, is there any like, you know, there's other also other areas where you can apply data science. Uh -huh. uh, you know, finance. You can apply data science in. Um, safety and fraud detection and other areas like how did you single out this one like we're we understand why that you know you want to help people 
But mm-hmm. how, what thinking process did you go through? Did you just meet someone who was in healthcare and you got inspired? Or did you go through like lots of industries and then you picked this one? Or is it just because you were able to get a job in this space and, uh, and then you like learn more about the company and you were inspired by what they do? Uh, can you walk us through the thinking of process of like somebody who's studying, how do they pick an industry that they're going to go into? Yeah, absolutely. Um, I think one of the most powerful things uh, that someone can do before they decide on an industry, like I'm going to go into finance or I'm going to go into healthcare or whatever it might be, mm-hmm. is reach out to people who are currently working in that industry and better yet, people who have recently been hired in that industry. Mm-hmm. Um, and for me, as I was pondering about uh, going into the healthcare industry, I did reach out to a few people who do work with data uh, from the industry. And they both spoke very highly of it. They said, you know, it's it's fascinating the things that you learn. And so for me, that, that was a, a really good motivator. Um, and also just thinking about, you know, where, where data, data science has come a long way uh, for business. But I think uh, there's a lot of potential for growth still in, in the healthcare industry. I think uh, business has kind of been on the bleeding edge. You know, obviously there's research, but business has has been on the bleeding edge of using data science. And I think healthcare is is kind of coming to that point where it's going to be using it a lot more. And so just kind of spotting that opportunity uh, gets me really excited. Like there's going to be a lot of uh, jobs in this field. There's going to be a lot of uh, opportunities. Mm-hmm. And so I think just being aware of what's happening in the field and thinking, you know, which industry uh, could really explode next. Um, but probably even more importantly is talking to people who are in that industry so that you get a good idea of where it's at and, you know, is it going to explode next? So, mm-hmm. yeah, no, that's uh, makes it very clear. So you identified an opportunity for this, this to, to grow. And you're right, like in business, competitive pressure makes companies adopt newer and newer technologies all the time mm-hmm. and uh, that might not really be the case in healthcare it might take a bit longer for that to happen mm-hmm. okay so that's that's pretty good um, well, the other thing I wanted to ask you is actually what you asked me before the podcast you mentioned that you are interested to find out is um, like about degrees is like a, a formal education required in data science or is online or online degrees uh, sufficient? Can you repeat that question? Like, what what uh, what is exactly on your mind when you're pondering that? Yeah, absolutely. So, uh, as a new graduate, and I've you know I've found a position, I'm thinking a lot about grad school. You know, mm-hmm. um, and uh, traditionally in the field, it has been you know you need a graduate degree. Uh, but the the cost of education, you know, everywhere is skyrocketing. But also the availability of uh, open source or very low cost education online is also skyrocketing. Mm-hmm. And so I'm wondering what your take is on, you know, these these online certificates. Maybe people go to Coursera or Udacity or Udemy and learn about these things. What do you think that companies will begin to value those certificates as much as they value a, an advanced degree? Or do you feel like you know it'll keep on kind of the same trend that it's that it's been following? Mm. Okay, that's a, that's a great question. Um, what I would say is that I think those certificates, and this might be a bit of a controversial answer, but 
I think mm -hmm. those those certificates, those online certificates, are going to be valued less. And I think university certificates are going to be equally valued less. And mm -hmm. the reason I say that is because, especially once you already have a degree, which I, I personally think if somebody's looking to start a degree at the very beginning, it's uh, you can you can go without it. But especially if you already have a degree and you already have a job, from here what counts is your experience, is your ability to demonstrate that you have industry or industry level experience in the field. And that's all mm -hmm. that matters because people don't really care about or employers don't really care about another paper. At the end of the day, whether you have a paper or not, what they care about is can you solve their problem? Can you add value to their business? Can you add value to their bottom line of their profit and loss statement? And right. having a degree might indicate the possibility of you being able to do that, but there's so many other ways right now online that you can demonstrate that much more efficiently and much more succinctly, whether mm -hmm. it's by going, you know, like you said, to Kaggle and doing uh, projects there and adding them to a portfolio or uh, using again tableau and building a tableau online tableau public portfolio and showcasing things there creating your own mm -hmm. website or blog and sharing information there you don't even need the blog these days like as you've no noticed you just share stuff on linkedin yeah. and um, well you can't really share like if you have a job and you uh working there and you have uh, you know made some breakthroughs you can't really share those things because that's right. sensitive information but mm -hmm. you can share the techniques that you use uh, again if they are if they're publicly available techniques or ideas that you came up with if they're if you're not violating any intellectual property or just share uh, thoughts on other data sets and how you would approach other challenges ultimately if you're if somebody's signing up for a degree such as a, a master's degree they there has to be an intention in mind you cannot just like sign up for a degree and say okay i'm signing up for this degree just for the sake of doing it just for the sake of uh, you know having a paper that's that's definitely like in my view a waste of time yeah if you have an intention in mind for instance i want to have a not just a data science a job but like in in healthcare which i'm you know which is really is a really great start but i want to have like a senior data science senior machine learning expert in the field of healthcare, or maybe let's say senior machine learning expert in cancer prevention. Like you have a very specific goal in mind and that's why you would pursue a master's degree in machine learning or something like that. Well, yeah. as long as you have this intention in mind, all you have to do now is replace the word degree, which I find is kind of like, like um, a safe bet or, or a person that, uh, like somebody who would take a degree is uh, like, not maybe not always the case, but in my mind, it might be somebody who's just lacks the proactive approach to be creative and come up with like an alternative solution that might be faster, but it might be right. a bit more a bit more difficult. Like let's say this one, you go and you create a portfolio of projects and you share them through LinkedIn consistently for six months that are specifically either about machine learning or cancer prevention using data science or mm -hmm. and machine learning. And if you keep doing that for six months and you share, you work on one project every three weeks or every four weeks let's say in six months mm -hmm. you share six massive projects that you did you describe them you spend you know a week or two right just writing that blog post out uh, in addition to the two weeks that you did uh, spend on the project so 
So in six months, you'll have six big projects that you shared with the world that added value to businesses and people and professionals and aspiring data scientists. And um, that is going to give you so much more visibility than just a paper that you can share on your LinkedIn or, you know, in your resume. Mm-hmm. Plus, it's going to be faster. Like a machine learning or like a master's degree is going to take you at least two years or at least one and a half years. This mm-hmm. can be done in six months. And mm-hmm. it is also going to be more current because those degrees that you see at universities, unfortunately, um, they are usually outdated by the time they're released because to go right. through the formal approval process in a university, they have to put the curriculum together, get approved by mm-hmm. the dean, by the faculty, by the university, et cetera, et cetera, et cetera. By the time mm-hmm. that rolls out, you know, the, it's already been at least six to eight to 12 months. And mm-hmm. the world's moved on from those case studies, from those uh, methodologies. Not, not that far, but uh, there might have been a, like a breakthrough or, or some other discovery that uh, is not included in that degree. And therefore, you're like, what you're studying, what you're paying money for is already there's something newer out there. Whereas right. if you're doing it yourself, you can always adapt. You know, like all those projects mm-hmm. take like a month at the most. So that's my take on it. Like especially having completed a degree and uh, having a job that, you know, like you're not pressed for time, you know, like that you have a way to sustain your uh, yourself and you have like this hopefully free time to work on projects. I, I would just go do it my, my own way. Yeah, yeah. Absolutely. Well, wow, that's a very powerful answer. I really appreciate that. Lots no. of gold nuggets of wisdom in there. <laughs> no worries. Uh, I'm just like I'm. Just, sometimes you know, it's uh, it's sad to see people losing time. You know, like time is the most precious thing we have, and uh-huh. like I get I get the appeal of a degree, uh, whether it's a bachelor or a master's degree, because it's like what our parents did, what our grandparents did, what. Mm-hmm. what everybody is like expecting you to do it's it's a bit uh it's a bit scary to go like without a degree or without a master's degree or without a phd because you know like you it, it has some still it has some kind of like weight this feeling that yeah. oh you know like an accomplishment you know it's like a check i checked this box off but ultimately if you even look at the most successful people in the world most of them are dropouts you know mark zuckerberg uh steve jobs they they never completed university as, as far as i know i might be mistaken somewhere here but like mm-hmm. they most of these people like they realize that hey no there's something else i can do i can like it's about making your own rules and playing mm-hmm. by your own rules university mm-hmm. and all those degrees like they are rules that have been created over time and society has uh imposed upon itself and accepted and by following them you kind of follow a safe path that is guaranteed to get you somewhere and in even though it's it's just the perception of this guarantee this guarantee is actually fading dwindling away exponentially as we move through the years as we move into the world of internet and uh, technology and more people are actually coming online uh-huh. this uh, guarantee is dwindling away it's just it stays in our mind through this upbringing through our cultural education and things like that um but in reality it's this is the best time in the probably in the history of humankind to break rules and play by your own rules. I'm not I'm not talking about mm-hmm. legal rules. I'm talking about rules of cultural rules of the way that we are used uh, to building our careers and education mm-hmm. and so on. It's you know the people that break the rules, the people that create their own rules and play by their own rules, 
those are the people that get ahead the fastest and succeed the most. Like, let's say, for instance, in your case, right, you uh, you created your own rules by saying, hey, look, I want to give value back to um, the community on LinkedIn. So that's already not not what most people do. You know, 99% of people don't, I don't know, like, I don't know how many people have don't have LinkedIn, but let's say out of the people that do have LinkedIn, 99% of people don't share valuable blog posts of their own creation. Mm-hmm. And then, but then you take it, took it even further. You're like, hey, how about not sharing just a blog post? How about sharing a list of mentors people have influenced me? Like, let me collate that information. You know, that, mm-hmm. that's like you creating your own rules. No, nobody else had thought of that in the space of data science. Well, maybe like a few people have, but you're like, mm-hmm. let me do that from my perspective. And look what, mm-hmm. you know, what that's gotten you. Like so many people have contacted you. So many people have gotten value out of it. And mm-hmm. right away, as soon as you do something that doesn't conform with the rules, you, like there's a saying, like if, if everybody, I don't, I don't remember exactly how it goes, but um, if everybody is around you is uh, like thinks that you have like a stupid idea, it's either they're true, they're right. You either have a stupid idea or you're on the verge of a breakthrough, right? Yeah. So, like, I'm not saying it was a stupid idea, but I'm saying like if every if you're not conforming with everybody else, you might be you might you might not do anything, right? You might be like wrong, but on the mm-hmm. other hand, you might be right, and therefore you will have this exponential leap all of a sudden, and bam! In in like in one blog post, you have you know, thousands of followers, and people are contacting you, and you've added tremendous amount of value to others. Um, mm-hmm. Yeah, so I guess the same goes for education stuff like. That. Yeah, that's awesome. Yeah, that's that's my take on on these things. Any other questions? I like this approach. Like, do you have any <laughs> other questions for me that I might be able to help you out with? Um, I'm I'm curious a little bit about uh, your own journey. You're a successful entrepreneur. You've started your own business. You're telling me you've got, you know, you've got people from all around the world in your company. Um, and and I I also share this this kind of same philosophy. And I'm not. I know I'm finishing a degree. Um, but as, as I've come along in understanding the power of teaching yourself and seeking resources on your own, um, I've, I've kind of, you know, changed my mindset a little bit there as well. And so uh, one of the parts that I've struggled with, and I know a lot of other people struggle with is the discipline that is required, right? So, you know, you, you go to school and, and it's very structured and there's, you know, there, you have accountability in place with professors or, I don't know, maybe you're facing pressure from someone else. And uh, it is it is a very new idea to to take your own path and take charge of your own education. So I'm wondering, uh, on your own path, what has helped you the most to, I don't know, keep that drive, keep that motivation, and keep that structure in place? Because that structure is, is very important. Um, I've definitely experienced just traveling down the rabbit hole on 15 different web pages all in one day. Right. And not really learning anything at all. Mm -hmm. Um, so I'm curious, like what tips or, um, techniques have you found to be the most helpful in disciplining yourself and and creating an an organized learning environment for yourself? Ooh, that's a great question. (laughs) Oh, okay. Um, all right. Well, I guess, one thing is, um, I, I like I don't like wasting time. That's number one because mm-hmm. uh, um, I don't like setting myself back or 
putting myself at a disadvantage because I'm being lazy and knowing that that will cost me time later on because I know I can't get that time back. So kind of right. that realizing that, that you only get every like hour or day or even like I think of it more in terms of years. Like if I, for instance, when I was doing my degree or when I was like, um, like working at Deloitte, I knew that like if I fail at something, like, you know, failure is okay uh, to learn, but if I fail because I'm lazy at, uh, during, like, during this quarter, then that's mm-hmm. going to set me back in terms of my being able to progress through my degree or through my promotions and so on. So I was like, I can't afford to do that because I'm responsible to um, the future version of myself, like future Kirill, uh, like I'm, I'm going to be, he's going to be like, he's going to be upset with me or he's going to, I'm going to put him at a disadvantage. That's not cool. And so that mm-hmm. realization is important, I guess. Yeah. The the other thing is, um, you know, have a vision. What do you want? If you don't have, like, they have, they have a saying that, without a target, you're gonna miss every single time, right? Like, right. have right. a target, have a goal. Where are you going? What's the purpose of what you're doing? Um, there's a great, um, in terms of uh, organization of your uh, work. There's a great methodology by Tony Robbins called the RPM, called the Rapid Planning Method, and uh-huh. uh, he talks about Setting, identifying the result that you want, then setting a purpose behind that result, which is like the emotional driver behind what you want. Like, let's say you want to be, um, I don't know, you want to be a machine, you know, you want to learn R. Uh, you know, mm-hmm. you might know Python, but you want to learn R by the end of the year. All right. Uh-huh. So that's your result. Like, I want to be able to code uh, a. Uh, random forest algorithm in R um, by the end of the year. Uh, Mm -hmm. So that could be your result, but then what's the purpose? It has to be emotional. It has to be like, so I can actually help prevent cancer and save lives of people people in uh, Idaho or or in other (laughs) other place. And yeah, and so, and the M is the massive action plan. Like that's something to look up the rapid planning method by Tony Robbins can help you with the organizational side of things. Um, the mm-hmm. reason why I was bringing this up is because have a goal in mind. That's the like the first part of the RPM. Uh, have a vision where you're going because if unless you have that, you can be. It's really going to be hard to be disciplined, right? If, if discipline is a a micro thing, like it's mm-hmm. it's within a day, within an hour, you have to be disciplined. But it, you can't achieve micro effectiveness without a macro vision, without a macro goal in mind. Because, mm-hmm. um, like, where are you going, right? You you might be disciplined for an hour, for a day, for a week or a month, but then you're going to be like, what's the point of all of this? Where am I going? What's the purpose? Uh, and yeah. you're going to, like, lose motivation. So yeah. that's, that's, I guess, another thing. And then when, uh, like, the, the first image that pops to mind when you ask about discipline is um, when I was building, like, working at Deloitte and also at the same time building these first courses I was creating, Mm-hmm. just like every 15 minutes I had a timer going off when I had to write down, did I spend those 15 minutes effectively? And were they good 15 minutes or were they bad 15 minutes? Did I waste them like looking at Facebook or YouTube or whatever? And I was yeah. just like tallying them up for the whole day. So oh, wow. yeah, it's pretty intense. Like there's a there's a timer, Pomodoro timer it's called. You can yeah. like get mm-hmm. a version. You know that one? Uh-huh. Yeah, yeah. I've heard of it. So yeah, like um, we have some people on the team that actually use it and it works exactly like that. Like every 10 or 15 minutes, whatever, it goes off and you have to write down what you did. 
Oh, you wow. just have to be very strict with yourself. Another good yeah. saying I, I heard is like, if you want to be an entrepreneur, a successful entrepreneur, uh, you have to be the most um, hard, you have to be the harshest slave driver for yourself, right? It's, it's not about like bossing around other people. Uh, it's about bossing around yourself and not letting yourself rest. Like, or like, right. you know, you rest when, mm -hmm. one, when you can, but mm -hmm. yeah, it's important to be very strict with yourself. That's, that's yeah. What I awesome more more golden nuggets uh, <laughs> i hope everyone who's listening is taking notes because this uh, is awesome this is a fun <laughs> podcast it's like a all of a sudden re reverse situation um, all right well let me ask you a question then um sure. so you mentioned entrepreneurship and you know like you you're in healthcare and data science um do you think that data science is a good space for entrepreneurship or is it is it a, a space where you solely should focus on building a career um, and progressing up the career ladder that's an awesome question I you know I, I haven't been um, in the quote-unquote real world yet right so I'm, I'm still finishing up my degree and everything and so take my response with a grain of salt but I think that the data science field is probably the best field to be entrepreneurial in because it has everything set up for it on the internet. Mm. Like everything that is popular is open source. Everything that uh, you'd ever want to share can be shared and is being shared and people are consuming it. And so if you're wanting to build your brand or your business or whatever it is, data science is probably one of the best fields for it right now. Because if you think about it, um, uh, for other fields, not a lot come to mind um, at this moment, but um, I don't know what it is about data science, but it's really taking off um, online. And so since that's, you know, the future of our society is this collaborative, cohesive, you know, society, I think it's, it's probably one of the best fields. Mm -hmm. So... Yeah, yeah, no, yeah. that's that's really cool, and um, you definitely can connect with the right people. Mm -hmm. You know, like apart from the resources like Amazon Web Services or PostgreSQL and all these tools, Python, uh, mm -hmm. Jupyter Notebooks, all these online tools, yeah, uh, and data sets. The other thing is that you you can connect with the right people to build this team of, uh, or even international team of data scientists and make make things happen like like that's what kaggle is all about right they have some yeah. projects where you can participate as an individual data scientist but there's some projects where you're just not allowed to participate as far as i remember you're not allowed to participate as, as an individual you have to be part of a team right mm -hmm. and that's yeah. i think that's a really cool concept yeah it's awesome and and something else to note that i've noticed you know i've i've been pretty heavily in the job search for the past few months and uh something that that might make the entrepreneurial route more appealing is it does it takes a very long time to set up the the data infrastructure required to really have you know a good functioning data science team and you you can correct me if i'm wrong but you know to have your data warehouses all set up and normalized and to to have your data capturing processes all automated um if 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 a company just jumps on the data science train and and hasn't done any of that prep work 
um, and you were hired by that company, you know, as a data scientist, you might find yourself in a situation where uh, I'm just uh, not doing what I was expecting, right? Yeah. And so it, it, that might make it more appealing as well, because a lot of companies are are still making that transition right now. I I put a post out a couple months ago talking about this, and it got really good response as well. Talking about this, how everyone is. Every company is kind of at this different stage of their data evolution. You know, some companies are kind of towards the the, the backside of things. You know, they're doing everything in Excel spreadsheets and and email. And other companies, they have you know all their data is all distributed. It's all in the cloud. They've got real time reports going. They have real time models running and making decisions. Um, and so. Yeah, when you're comparing, you know, the entrepreneurial side of things to the company side of things, uh, the entrepreneurial can can be a little bit more appealing in that sense. You get a little bit more control over, um, you know, what you're doing, and you don't maybe you don't have to wait so long uh, for a lot of those things to happen right now. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. No, that's that's definitely um, a good point, and uh, it's. Uh, the difference is, or like, can be, it depends on how you set up the entrepreneurial side of things. But let's say if you're a mm-hmm. data science consultant, the difference is you only need the tools that you actually need that you are used to. Like, you use Python and Excel, or Python and SQL, or, or mm-hmm. you know, like the one, the combination that you like, Python, Tableau, Excel. And mm-hmm. you, you set them up for yourself. And then in any business you go, you're like, all right guys, I'm here, I can help you out with this specific type of problem, uh, here's my rate, and give me your data, they give you your data, you take it back, you upload it, or you, you know, even if you use it through their, um, you know, like, uh, tools, like, you can uh, make sure that they, they've set, if they don't have it set up, and if it's going to take a long time, you just move on to the next client, mm-hmm. and, uh, and either way you do it, like, you have that, those tools in your arsenal, mm-hmm. and you perform the analytics, and that's it. Like that's all you're worried about. You're not worried about all the red tape. You're not worried about yeah. waiting for approvals and and so on mm-hmm. and so on. And you have a plethora of choices of clients that or companies that could be your potential clients because ultimately uh, any business has data these days. You just need to show them that you can add more value than you're going to cost them. And that's it. Right. Right. Absolutely. Yeah. Absolutely. We had a guest on the podcast. Um, a few, like actually almost a year ago now, um, and I still still really like uh, the approach that he takes is, and it's about um, not charging the client until they see value. So as a consultant, mm-hmm. you, or like a data science, and that's, that's kind of like a, a starting point for a data science entrepreneur. You, mm-hmm. like being a consultant, you can go into other spaces later on, like create products and stuff, but there you like to get started as a consultant you just like say hey i can add value i'm not going to charge you anything i'm going to do this project on my weekend you do the project mm-hmm. and then if and then you say hey if you like it you pay me if you don't like it that's okay you keep the results and no problem and at yeah. the end of the day like if if your project um added i don't know like let's say it's a business that makes hundred thousand dollars a month and you added you just added like 10 percent to their bottom line, you know, you added ten thousand dollars every single month. From now on, they're gonna save ten thousand dollars. Like, mm-hmm. it's it's pretty obvious that they're gonna be okay with paying a consultant like that a certain amount that is, you know, around like the thirty thousand dollar mark or 
fifty or whatever. Oh yeah, yeah, absolutely. Mm. So yeah, make it a no-brainer for them if you're a consultant. Yeah. Uh, okay. All right. Um, let me ask you another question. What is your favorite part about data science? My favorite part of data science. Mm-hmm. Um. Hmm. I think. I think uh, I'll go back to like when I when I really discovered it. I think the most exciting part for it uh, of data science for me, and it still is, is just the idea that you can give power to a system to make decisions. Mm. Does that make sense? Mm -hmm. In my mind, I mean, maybe a lot of people don't think that's um, exciting, but for me, it's really exciting. I think that that's just uh, an amazing thing Um, because, you know, I've worked um, at places where, um, you know, decisions are made by gut feelings or, you know, people maybe don't use the data to the the fullest capacity that it could be used to. Um, but even taking it a step further and saying, look, the, the data, we can use this and harness this to tell us things we've never, we could never find out otherwise is, is really exciting for me. Um, and that the other part that I think that is, is really exciting about data science is I love the data visualization part of it. I love um, being able to take something that's hard and coarse and rough as math and numbers and put it to a visual that that people can understand and digest and um, really gain insights from. Mm -hmm. So those would be uh, probably my two favorite parts. Sorry, I know you asked for one. No, no, that's (laughs) that's cool. No, that's that's good. Yeah, Yeah. no, that's... uh... I, I like that. I like that uh, you have at least a couple of things that you know you're super excited about in in data science and um, definitely a very um, diverse field where you can anybody can pick what they're most interested in. Like somebody listening to this podcast might disagree with you in the sense that they have their own preference. Like they might be uh, excited about the data preparation part or mm-hmm. uh, you know identifying the the challenge or the problem or talking to clients and things like that so uh, totally totally normal totally agree with that yeah, um, okay uh, for me hmm. yeah what's my favorite part of data science nobody's ever asked me that question <laughs> <laughs> it's hard to choose yeah I know <laughs> it's hard to choose um, I think for me it would be breaking down the complex into simple it's yeah. that part where I know the insights, I know what I found. Um, what, now, how do I explain it? How do I make yeah make mm-hmm. these uh, these faces of uh, my audience light up and see in their eyes that they they have passed a like um. Like they've passed through a threshold concept, for instance. You know, like a threshold mm-hmm. concept is a some once you learn something, that's a threshold comp- concept. You never see the world the same way again. Yeah. Right. Like, how do I make sure that they understand this and they can apply it and they can um, make their businesses better and so on? So that's probably mm-hmm. like. Again, like with just like you, you, I probably have a couple. That one and the other one would be uh, the whole investigation process, the whole like digging to find the mm-hmm. insights. Like once you're in the project, like you 
really with your heart and soul in the project is mm -hmm. really fun you can get re you can lo you can get lost in the project that like yeah, time will yeah. fly by you know that feeling right yeah yeah oh totally yeah. yeah yeah you can spend a lot of time in the exploration phase <laughs> yeah but it's it's just because it's so exciting and fun and new and you never know what you'll find so yeah for sure what's That's what's cool. your least favorite uh <laughs> my least favorite part yeah I'm going to go out on a limb here. I know a lot of people get into data scientists from a developer background, so maybe I'll get a lot of um, uh, flack for this. Um, <laughs> but it pro probably the, the programming, um, yeah. that's that's got to be my least favorite part. It's, and maybe it's also because I'm coming from a more uh, business analytics side of things where I want you know my tools to be on a GUI and nice and easy to use. Yeah. Uh, I don't like to worry about the syntax or spend forever on Google finding things. Uh, that being said, I, I realize that there's so much power in being able to have control, exact control over your data, over uh, your project and your workflow um, that you really can't have uh, inside of a GUI. So like something like, I don't know, uh, Tableau, it has, it, it's an incredible tool. Um, but at some point it, it has limitations or Excel, you know, it's, it can be hard to automate sometimes. And so uh, that's, that's probably my least favorite part. Um, mm -hmm. but I, I recognize that, 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 that's also one of the most powerful parts too. So, yeah, gotcha. Well, I, I would, I kind of agree. Like, I don't like the, um, like the get it, like I like programming, but I don't like the getting lost in the specifics of certain algorithms like sometimes yeah. you know like you got to remember to add this line you got to remember this part of the algorithm and you know mm -hmm. this hyperparameter, um mm -hmm. these uh, tweaking or these statements and so on like i like creative programming when you can just like come up with stuff and um you know make things of you know, like when you're writing even you're writing your own algorithm that's really fun like you know like yeah. writing something uh -huh. that's um, but sometimes like when it gets too mechanical and then you forget something like the debugging of the code that can, mm -hmm. can be quite uh, tedious, especially like <laughs> if you forget uh, or you don't notice that there's an error in the code, not because like mm -hmm. your approach is incorrect, but like just because you forgot something that's part of an algorithm, mm -hmm. then yeah, then that can be a bit tedious. Yeah. Um, yeah, that's what I'd say. And, and to anybody who's listening, who's maybe uh, at the initial point of this learning curve, um, for me, that learning curve has been more of like a brick wall, you know, that I've just, I haven't really climbed up it. I've more like smashed into it as much as I could until I finally have kind of broken through at least a little bit, I think. So like, if it's hard for you, like, you know, it's been hard for me too. So don't worry. <laughs> yeah. 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 Well, yeah, exactly. Like at the end of the day, if somebody really doesn't enjoy programming, there's so many other ways you can be a data scientist, even without programming. Mm -hmm. Like you say, there's so many GUI tools, like Tableau, for instance, where mm -hmm. you can add so much value while yeah. programming a single line of code. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. Um, okay, well, let me ask you one more question before we wrap up. What career aspirations do you have? I know you're like in the health industry now and you're starting out as a data scientist. Is there anything like you're aspiring towards? Do you want to be a chief data officer, or a chief data scientist? Do you want to be, um, I don't know, do you want to maybe have your own business one day or do you want to um, be an executive that, like a chief executive officer that uh, uses data science? 
I don't know. Like mm-hmm. I've mentioned a few executive positions. I don't know why. Maybe there's other roles that you're more interested in. But what's uh-huh. what's on your list of aspirations? Uh, I would say I'm 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 pretty easy to please. Um, I don't I don't really aspire to super super high level positions because I want to always maintain a good uh, work life balance. I never want my work to become more important than my family or you know taking care of my wife, uh, whatever it might be. And so I'd say the biggest aspiration for me is to just find uh, a position in which I get to do data science and also maintain, you know, that, that home balance. And, and maybe I'll, uh, that'll, that'll involve some give and take with things like pay and salary. Mm-hmm. Um, but that's ultimately my goal because I, I feel there, there are a lot of things in life um, that bring happiness besides prestige or position or money. Mm-hmm. Um, so for me, the title isn't super important um, as much as the work-life balance and also um, is really important is, is the people I'm working with. Mm-hmm. Um, are they collaborative? Are they excited to be at work? Um, or, you know, is it, is it kind of a team that just shows up and just does what they're told and then goes home. You know what I mean? So those, those are probably the the two most important parts for me. The title, um, can come later, I think. And so that, that would be my highest aspiration. Gotcha. Gotcha. Fair enough. That's a a very uh, fair answer. And, uh, it's good to hear you got your priorities sorted out in, Mm -hmm. in a nice way. Okay, well, Zach, thank you so much. I enjoyed the new kind of format of this episode. <laughs> uh-huh. um, before you go, where can our listeners contact you, get in touch, follow you, learn more about how your career progresses? Uh, the best place is LinkedIn. So just uh, look me up on there and connect with me. I won't reject you, I promise. <laughs> I, 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 <laughs> you know, the listeners of this podcast are, are great people, I'm sure, as well as everyone else. And so that would be the best place to get in touch with me. Gotcha. All right. And Zach's got a very interesting spelling on his surname, so we'll include the, <laughs> the link yeah. to your profile on the show notes. People can connect with you there. Yeah. Um, okay. And one more question for today. Uh, what's a book that you can recommend to our listeners to help them enhance their careers? Uh, I would say it's not necessarily a data... It, Okay, it is and it isn't a data science book, and maybe it's been recommended before, but I love the book How to Win Friends and Influence People by Dale Carnegie. Mm-hmm. It's a little bit of an older book, mm-hmm. um, but it is probably one of the best books about forming relationships with people and really learning how to, I don't know, not not just win friends and, and gain influence, but really, I don't know, yeah, build those relationships because that that can be one of the most satisfying parts of, of your work, of your life. And, um, and even in, when it comes to the data science part of things, it will help you, uh, with communicating things like Kirill has mentioned earlier, breaking complex things down to make them simple and making you less of a robot and more of a human, if mm. that makes sense. So mm. I, that, that book has had a big influence for me and I, I hope that anyone who's listening goes out and reads it. It's awesome. Definitely. Fantastic book. Also recommend it, and uh, I've actually it's come up three times today. <laughs> so, <laughs> oh, really? <laughs> yeah, definitely, definitely worth checking out. Um, all right, Zach, thank you so much for coming on the show. Uh, I hope our listeners enjoyed our chat. I definitely did. It it was a it was a nice, uh, pleasant 
conversation and I think there's quite a bit of value. I definitely learned a few things from you. Thanks so much. Yeah, I learned a lot from you. Thank you so much for having me on the show. So there you have it. That was Zach Lurcher, an aspiring data scientist, and we discussed quite a lot of different things. Hope you enjoyed this show in a, a bit of a different format this time where I answered a few of Zach's questions. And um, my favorite part probably was when Zach talked about selecting, uh, the way he goes about, or the way he thinks about selecting an industry to get into, that it's important to speak to someone who's already in there or who... Um, who got into there recently, who's getting into there, so that you can get their perspective, you get some insider knowledge about that industry, and you make the right choice about your career. And so on that note, make sure to get in touch with Zach. You can find his uh, LinkedIn uh, URL at the show notes at www.superdatascience.com slash 177. There you'll also find the transcript for this episode and any other materials that we mentioned. I'm sure Zach's going to post some very cool and interesting updates in the coming future. And uh, of course, he'll be happy for you to get in touch and answer any of your questions you have about building a data science career and learning data science for yourself. And on that note, thank you so much for being here today. Can't wait to see you back here next time. Until then, happy analyzing.